0: It was a vibe. It was a vibe. A yeah. vibe. A, a vibe. vibe. You know um there should be a new show called Miami Vibe.
1: Oh shit, you're totally right. Mhm. Miami like, Vibe. Oh, you know what? That yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like how vaporwave has like a retro kind of Miami Vice look anyway. Like yeah, the aesthetic would just be vaporwave. Definitely. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. This is pretty good except is it Florida like um, a wasteland town?
0: Greetings, citizens of Earth. Welcome to the Accelerative Thrust Podcast. I am Dan. And I'm Eric. And of course, we are going to talk about bullshit and yeah. records.
1: And We're here to pop you up. Given, <laughs> that it's like very timely, unen- timely. Very, yeah. very
0: unenthusiastic way. Well,
1: to- you know, I started it and then I was embarrassed. And, then, uh, <laughs> and now I feel even stupider. Like, uh, I wish I could just go back and just cut that out or something, but but it's a it's Who's a got that power of, it's a good kind of stupid it's a good kind of stupid oh he's good stupid
0: yeah he's he's good stupid <laughs> he's good stupid and he's bad smart mm. oh, nice. <laughs> bad smart okay so here's something that's stupid
1: very stupid uh-huh. uh
0: have you been seeing the um latest on uh mr kanye west mm, no mm-hmm no. He's now uh, being called out for wearing a burzum shirt.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, it, yeah, you'd have to go out of your way yeah. to decide to wear a burzum shirt. Yep. So he's wearing a burzum shirt now. Uh-huh. Here's what makes things
0: worse: is that Varg, yeah, actually responded. Okay. And Varg has complimented Kanye <laughs> and actually like praised him for wearing the burzum shirt. I guess. Okay. Mm -hmm. wow it's yeah that we're we're just we're coming into 2024 full you know full blazing man that's just uh it's really something. it's the beginning man it's it's just the beginning Uh, yeah this world's
1: really really going some funny places
0: it's it's going some funny places uh green day just put out a new record Everybody Mm -hmm. seems to think that they've returned to
1: their punk roots. Even though they stole the melody from a pink song. Isn't that right? You know how many. That's what I heard.
0: You know how many things Green Day have stolen from other. And I love, I love Green Day, but my God, there are so many things that, that like, um, if they didn't flat out steal them, Mm -hmm. they were undeniably inspired by them. And it was, it, I don't know. Like, you know, that song warning.
1: Mm, I don't know. Oh man. My brain love, instantly went to the op Ivy song, but yeah. I love, Oh yeah. Take warning. No, no, no. Take there's, there, there's a, there's um, <laughs> a, there's a green day
0: album called warning, which in my okay. opinion was the last green day record that I really liked from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that the the title track, it's the first track. It's warning, live without warning. But anyway, the um the main riff goes
1: do 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 do. Oh yeah, I've heard that. It sounds like uh the Kinks. The Kinks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, Picture Book. It sounds just like Picture. It's like it doesn't even
0: sound like it. It is Picture Book. It is it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly what it is. Right. And then, um, I'm sure you've probably heard, have you, have like, have you listened to a lot of like early green day at all? Like Kerplunk, for Some, instance, somewhat, somewhat. Okay. Yeah. There's a song on there called one for the razorbacks, which again, I love all this stuff. I don't mm-hmm. care that it was ripped off. Cause I mean, music, sometimes the best music is ripped off. Let's be honest. Oh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. but, um, Anyway, uh, one for the Razorbacks, somebody pointed this out to me, uh, that, uh, so the way that song goes is like, I don't know, just like an example. It's like, I know I am crazy and it's the melody Uh twisted sister.
1: Oh, well. Right? That too. That too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now they should play this. Out,
1: we should play this game. This seems fun. You just sing a melody, and I'll guess what it is. <laughs> so, but no, that's true, though. I never thought of that. <laughs> that that
0: <laughs> does sound like Twisted Sister. Um, what song? Uh, Where are not, gonna, uh, we're not take. gonna take it? Yeah, 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 like the verse part. But even more so, um, mm-hmm. it's the melody to uh, the vocal melody to Oh, come, I faithful. Oh, sure. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Twisted
1: Sister ripped that off.
0: Yeah, Twisted Sister ripped that off. Also, the Pink song. uh, Let's go back (laughs) to that one. Yeah. Um, So, this is interesting. Billy Joe said in an interview recently Mm -hmm. that the song, which is called One-Eyed Bastard on the new record, Mm -hmm. which is a decent record. I actually listened to it. It's decent. Mm. I'll I'll say it's maybe the best thing they've done in quite a few years. Nice. Uh, Doesn't really have a lot of replay value for me, but it's 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 decent. It's not it's pretty damn good. I'll I'll say that about it. But anyway, it's called One eyed Bastard. The name of the Pink song is So What, and so the riff we're talking about is da 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 da. Okay, there is a Deep Purple song that it turns out probably the oh. pink song ripped off from deep purple billy joe mm. said in an interview yeah that that song was inspired by black sabbath <laughs> so i wonder
1: if he meant deep purple <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean now, now i'm trying to think of the deep purple song i can't remember what it's called
0: um one of my friends put together a uh, a glorious conspiracy theory mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the music industry is a CIA controlled industry and has been since, and that uh, the reason why that exists mm-hmm. is because um, the uh, all three bands have uh, colors in their name: Deep Purple, mm-hmm. Pink, Green Day, and that and there's Black no way. And Black Sabbath, then there's no way that all that can be like
1: coincidence. It was all orchestrated. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 100. percent I think that's true. Um,
0: <laughs> I, 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 I see no disputing it. I yep. mean, at
1: yes. this point, how you how are you going to disprove it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Exactly. That's
1: <laughs> and that goes for all of the conspiracy yeah. theories. That goes for anything that's based on belief. You can't, can't disprove that's... it. That's based on belief. Take exactly. that,
0: atheists. <laughs> uh it could even be uh you know ma- maybe maybe you could change it over to fact if you wanted to hmm. yeah yeah well, oh I wait think... wait oh do they have belief checkers
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah you know what
0: we should start that eric yeah. start a group called belief checkers okay <laughs> what let's, do we do <laughs> let's check your belief <laughs> oh. Well, the belief checkers say that there's no way you can believe that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The belief checker says that's stupid. (laughs) Yeah. There's no way. According to our charts, the things you believe are stupid. (laughs) You know, um, I'll tell you the stupidest thing I saw this week. Okay.
0: And then we can move on from whatever it is we're doing here.
1: Yeah, whatever this is. We'll move to the next thing.
0: I I apologize. (laughs) <laughs> uh but i do got to say the stupidest thing i saw was because mm-hmm. we mentioned 80s action cops uh, uh, yeah that's, that's true of course for the future but anyway uh in the mornings i discovered that they're showing reruns of walker texas ranger oh yeah mm-hmm. and um i found out through another friend of mine that there was a segment a reoccurring segment on conan back in like 2004 yeah. Did you, so you know yeah, what i'm talking about I Conan, yep. Yep. dude so there's a compilation of the conan it's <laughs> it's like the conan uh what it lever yeah and he pulls the lever and watches clips of like texas ranger <laughs> and they 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 always include the most out of out of context <laughs> clips. it's so right. great anyway so <laughs> the first clip they ever they show on the whole thing it's mm-hmm. great because he describes, in 2004, NBC partnered with Universal. And it was called NBC Universal. And so that means that Walker, Texas <laughs> Ranger was owned by NBC. And he could show clips right. of Walker, Texas <laughs> Texas Ranger whenever he pulls this lever. Uh. The first the first clip they show is this guy is sticks his head out of a door, walks right into a bear trap, and then he's like... Oh! And then Chuck Norris comes out of the like, down a hall, and then walks up to him and just knocks him out. <laughs> and Conan's just like, You don't do that when a guy's in a bear trap. Like, that's not enough. You gotta right. knock him out, dude. Anyway. Wow.
1: So that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen this week. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Wow. All right. Let's talk about some God damn records. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on everybody, it's record time.
1: Okay. So my pick for this episode is by a group called Evil Sword and the record is called Basket Fever. Came out this year and uh it's totally insane. It is one of the craziest records I've heard. Um they're from Philadelphia. They're a duo. Uh, it's Kate Ferrance and Ben Fergal, I think is probably how you say it. That's what it looks like. And this is uh, just, like I said, totally wild. It really is. It's super minimal, pretty funny at times, totally just peculiar, which is a hard word for me to say, but that's how much I think it is, is that I'm willing to botch saying that word. Yeah, the songs are mostly like electric bass, um, with some percussion and some other incidental instrumentation, like like a saxophone or a recorder or whatever, and they just kind of come in whenever. Um, <laughs> the electric bass is particularly prevalent. Like, it, it's just, it's, it is the core of the music. And the playing's pretty cool. Like, it's it's really well done. Like, really impressive bass playing. But the picking part of it's just intense, intense digging with the pick. Uh, I love it. Um, But yeah, then you have the vocals. And um, I think Kate does most of the vocals. And um, they're really unhinged. And they're super fun and really enjoyable. Um, And then Ben, I assume, comes in and adds some vocals, uh, which are... Just slightly more restrained, but still totally insane. It's hard to describe this. Honestly, I would say it's kind of like young marble giants mixed with, oof, hmm, I don't even know, Sun City Girls? Like something just really wacky, you know? Um, yeah, and it. I don't know. There's not a lot I can say about it because it's so uniquely what it is that it's hard for me to even compare it to anything or even talk about the specifics of it. The songs, like I said, are funny and weird and kind of creepy. And I think that's sort of their entire vibe and aesthetic. I watched some of the videos that they put out, just very weird stuff, but not weird in a, like an annoying, take a serious way. Weird in like, we're having fun with how terrifyingly strange this is. But yeah, it's one of the funnest things I've heard, like, in a really long time. If I would have heard this before our Best Of uh, episode, this might have been at the top of my list. This is the kind of stuff, when you're young, you just hear songs that are so strange and fun that you just want to be a part of it, and you memorize, like, every word of it and every hilarious sort of pronunciation or whatever But, like, uh, the song Stewart uh, by the Dead Milkman is a perfect example. It's kind of like this long uh, monologue. And, uh, yeah, I remember being, I don't even know, 14 years old and memorizing the entire thing. And that's kind of what this music makes me think of. Like, I really do think that it's worthy of that. I I think it's uh, just that much fun and that strange and... Uh, I know I'm just rambling at this point, but I was blown away by it, um, and I just I just adored it. I'm going to listen to it forever, and I really hope they come anywhere in the Midwest, because I will drive to see them. I was that floored by it. Anyway, things that uh, it reminded me of. Like I already said, Young Marble Giants, a very similar vibe. It's almost like they said, let's take this idea and make it insane, Um and that's what happened but something like a uh, cruelster who we reviewed a while back like that level of just goofiness sun city girls um the slits maybe like beat happening like i don't know it's hard for me to really put into words uh what what this sounds like so uh after that long rambling review i will end it by saying this is super fun super quirky totally insane and wonderful. What do you think, Dan? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, you and I definitely saw eye yeah. to eye on pretty much everything you described. This album is just a complete riot, man. It um, It's very, as you said, Eric, peculiar and odd. But there does seem to be like a sort of a weird cohesion about it as well, mm-hmm. which you also kind of mentioned. The... Yeah. The music is primarily bass and drums, uh, and vocals, um, by, uh, I, who, who did you say the two members were
1: Kate and Ben? Kate I, and ben. I say like, I know them like more on a first name basis, but, right, right, yeah, right. Kate, so and
0: ben. <laughs> Kate and Ben the, the, um, so it's basically vocals from Kate and Ben. Yeah. Primarily bass and drums, but it also, there definitely is a lot of other instrumentation going on. Like, At one point, it sounds like they're just like maybe banging on some sheet metal or like metal trash can lids in the background. Mm -hmm. There might be some pots and pans involved or something, (laughs) just different percussive instruments. But then there's also, um, if I'm not mistaken, like it sounds like maybe an accordion at one point, Mm -hmm. maybe a flute or a recorder of some kind Mm -hmm. kind of going off a little Mm -hmm. bit. But yeah, the vocals are very... Um, the way I would describe them or how they make me feel is kind of like dr- uh, dry humor. Like, you know, there's sort of like this, um, like they're having a conversation or something, mm. and it's it's like a conversation between like the two members or something. Like, I don't know, the the way they approach the vocals was really intriguing to me. I can't quite describe it. Now, the vocals of Kate reminded me oftentimes a lot of Kathleen Hanna, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the music is very minimalist, um, very punk. And I would say it definitely has a little bit of outsider-ness to it. But it definitely is really good instrumentation. It's done really well there's sort of this strangeness that it almost sounds like they're jamming in like a woodshed or something Mm -hmm. like that's kind of the um, vibe that I'm getting off of it. Yeah. That's basically, or just like, it sounds like a couple of people jamming in the attic or something like that's Mm -hmm. kind of how the production and the presentation reminds me of just sort of like discovering like this arsenal of like, weird instruments or something and just kind of just going at it you know the structure is also seems very i don't know like childlike an approach i guess like oh, let's just write a song and see what happens sort of thing i don't know if that's the way that it actually was but it definitely kind of gives off that sort of vibe to me um it has kind of a darkness to it as well which hmm. not dark in terms of like i you know it's not sad or angry or anything like overly those things, but it definitely does sound like, um, yeah, like, like, uh, it's coming from like a dark physical place, like a dark shed or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that that's, that's what I mean. When I say like dark, when it comes to describing this particular band, it totally was not what I expected from a band called evil sword either, <laughs> which I think makes it even more awesome. Because I straight up was expecting like an epic metal record or something. (laughs) And I think that makes it even more awesome. As far as the things that it reminds me of, I totally agree with the Young Marble Giants. I didn't actually put that down, but that's Hmm. a really, really good comparison. But some of the stuff it reminded me of was like Boss Hog. Now this is going to sound kind of interesting, but Tom Waits. Um, yeah sure especially with like a lot of his later stuff the Mm -hmm. stuff that was more like I don't know kitchen sink like let's sort of see like Mm -hmm. what happens yeah because I feel like Tom Waits made that was kind of the music he was making on albums like uh Bone Machine and Mm -hmm. and Swordfish Trombones and even like um Blood Money or um Mm -hmm. the latest one Bad As Me which was a great record by the way then I would say like cows it kind of gave me the same feeling as something like cows or even maybe early butthole surfers mm-hmm. some of the baselines reminded me of jesus lizard strangely enough mm-hmm. but then there was sort of like this i don't know gothic country element to it or something like i can't quite put my fingers mm-hmm. so that maybe added an element of like those poor bastards or like Gogol bordello or something mm-hmm. like um some velvet sidewalk. Uh, I would say, like even like Fugazi at times, and you know, Bikini Kill and Babes in Toyland, which was mostly because of the vocals. Um, Ween, yeah, it's 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 really hard to. Um... Oh, another thing, um, another couple of ones, uh, The Residents at mm-hmm. times. Yeah, all kinds of like stuff like that. You know, just yeah, experimental kind of garagey, uh, I don't know, wackiness. <laughs> nice. It's, it's, it, yeah, this was a, a real surprise and I, I really enjoyed it too. And in fact, um, I would have to say that I agree that if, uh, I would have heard this in 2023, it might've ended up on one of my favorite, mm. on my favorite list as well. Nice. Um, so
1: yeah. Um, yeah, it's really funny that you were talking about like this woodshed, country darkness thing yeah because if you do check out their website which you should that's the entire aesthetic like they're, they're, they have a video really? called old barn uh-huh. and it, it's so good there's just like these almost like taxidermy puppet animals and they're like in like sheds and old barns and stuff so it's really cool <laughs> that you like just heard that through the music because i i don't Necess- I didn't necessarily hear that in the music, but having looked into them, then I sort of inferred it, you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. Uh, that's really cool. And uh, not to re-up on my uh, review, but I did realize exactly who they remind me of the most. And that's an old band called the Dog-Faced Hermans, who are on hmm. uh, Alternative Tentacles. Uh-huh. So... Uh, if you're a fan of the dog-faced hermans which is unlikely <laughs> because they're not, <laughs> not a big band at all but yeah very similar vibes so yeah anyway sorry very to well sorry to cut in there
0: but oh no no that's fine that's absolutely fine nice. yeah evil sword basket fever uh great pick great pick. nice <laughs> So my pick is, um, an old school one. Um, I haven't, I don't, I mean, for most of 2023, I don't think I really had a pick or at least very many picks that were before like the year, maybe 2018 or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so this is the first one in quite a while, um, that is from the eighties. Uh, specifically this came out in 1981. Um, and it is from the band Squeeze. And it's this album called East Side Story. Now, I've known the band Squeeze. Um, I've known of them for many, many years. Um, but this is a full disclosure here. I just became familiar with this band and this um, this album in particular uh, last month. So I've known about them all this time and i've known that they've you know had some stuff that was pretty popular um i learned about this because they were it was on an episode of what's in my bag by of all things keanu reeves band dogstar and one of the other members of the band picked this album and they played some clips of some of the music and i thought oh well this sounds really good so i'm going to check it out and I straight up have been obsessed with this record for like the last month. It's really weird how that, this is the only squeeze album I've heard from beginning to end. And I absolutely love it. So I don't know what any other squeeze album sound like, but I really like this one. So squeeze for uh, the listeners that don't know, they formed in 1974. They're from London, England. Um, They're still around, but I I don't think they've put out anything new in quite a while, but the current members are Glenn, Tilbrook, Chris Difford, Simon Hansen, Stephen Lang, Steve Smith, Owen Beatty, and Melvin Duffy. And I'm not sure what uh, everyone does, but I do think Glenn Tilbrook is the principal songwriter. Um, And uh, so, yeah, this is their fourth album released in 1981. And I think it is a damn near perfect, perfectly written pop rock record there's a lot of stuff a lot of territory that it actually covers throughout there's some stuff there's some new wave type stuff uh there's some uh for lack of a better way to describe it roots rock kind of stuff i guess on there there's some post-punk going on even a little bit of ska a little bit of i guess what you could call like proto indie rock and even some country and like singer songwriter stuff in general. So, Elvis Costello um, was uh, co produced this record. And I do got to say, you can really hear it, at least on the first like couple of songs. It's a really, really amazingly produced record. I think the songs are extremely catchy. So, there's a song on here that. I've heard all over like commercials and TV shows. It's called tempted. I had no idea who it was. I thought that it was maybe just like a TV jingle or something or commercial jingle, but Nope, it's actually a squeeze song. And I've heard this, I've heard that song over and over again, since I was a kid, never knew who it was, but yeah, it's been in countless commercials, TV shows, movies. Um, So I instantly recognized it. Um, but this overall, as a record, it's got just a poppy quirkness to it um, that I just think is is really fantastic. It's kind of easy listening, but it also takes you um, on some twists and turns. You know, there's there's some stuff that really reminds you of like 90s indie rock, even though it was written kind of in the 80s. There's like definitely some like British invasion kind of influence. I mean, the songs are just extraordinarily written. And it's also a really fun record. I would have to say that it sounds like they probably influenced a lot of bands with this record. Like, I can hear a lot of the stuff that I grew up on was most likely influenced by this record. And I also think it was influenced by a lot of stuff that be, that came before it. Like, I definitely hear, like, the Beatles, Elvis Costello, obviously, as mentioned, um, and I hear, like, the Beach Boys. But a lot of the stuff it kind of reminds me of also is, like, they might be giants, hands down. I would say, like, ween, but the type of ween that I'm talking about is – when ween are kind of not as weird as they usually are so like you know songs off of like white pepper and even like the mollusk and uh quebec and things like that um the more serious ones like a really good example would be like uh, it's going to be all right off of the mollusk or like even if you don't off of white pepper kind of like you know the easy listening side of ween then i would also say like it reminds me of like, I don't know, like Gin Blossoms, Oasis, Young Fresh Fellows, even like Beat Happening, the replacements, and even Husker Du. and Husker Du like really broke away from the hardcore punk and started writing poppier songs, which I guess the replacements also, as well. But um yeah, overall. I don't know this, this record for some reason, it's, it's a record that just um, really resonated with me about a month ago. And it's, it's kind of just an odd thing. Cause I, I guess I just never really expected to be listening to like a record like this for about a month when I'm like 43 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. I know that this band has been around a long time and that they're, they're super famous. And um yeah, I just think that it's a master class in songwriting. Like, I really do. I think it's pretty amazing. And it's also mm-hmm. amazing to me that I haven't heard it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what did you think, Eric?
1: Yeah, I, I loved it. I had never heard this before either. I had heard Tempted, you know, a number of times um, when I was young, and it was literally on the radio or whatever, But then later in life, uh, my wife really pointed out how great of a song it was. And she knew it mostly from um, Reality Bites soundtrack. So even though it was from 81, I think it had sort of a resurgence uh, because of that movie. Um, And I really like that song too, because there's not many songs that um, mention toothbrushes. So, um, you know, that's important. I loved it, Um, it's very quirky super creative uh like new wavy uh really beatles esque to be honest like Mm -hmm. really uh just straight pop music kind of and yeah it was really fun and like i said way different than i expected having only heard tempted which is a great song but it's almost like neo soul or something or you know like a soul song um which Mm -hmm. happened a lot in 80s pop or whatever sure um but I didn't expect what this was. I thought it was really inventive, really intricate songwriting, sometimes really strange, but in ways that weren't necessarily like off-putting or challenging or even experimental or avant-garde, just made normal things more interesting by being a little uh, outside the box. Great performances, I mean, and production like just very pro i mean just 100% what professional records sound like you know and to be honest listening to this that was the only thing that made it sound dated is how well it was made and how well people played on it and i know that sounds funny but i don't think we have the same um level of musicianship and songwriting as we did, you know, even just in the eighties, because it, I mean, it, this, like Dan said, a master class. that's a great way to put it. Cause it, it is just flawless almost. And, uh, I was pretty blown away by it. And the songs are great. I love the constant vocal harmonies. The entire thing is basically at least two people singing the whole time. And I loved the like ever present piano. Um, mm-hmm. the guy who plays piano is named Jules Holland. And I only know this because I used to have this old video cassette, uh, called the cutting edge, which was what 120 minutes was called before it was 120 minutes. It was mm-hmm. called the, the cutting edge. And it had like a, one of those in depth sort of interviews with a uh, squeeze that they used to do. And, um, I was really blown away by his piano playing in this little, snippet from, you know, a million years ago and how it was used in their music and things like that. And they played maybe, you know, 30 seconds of a couple songs or whatever. But that piano sound, it's really, it it's strange to hear it so prevalent in like pop music. But yeah, so I love that part of it. Yeah, I was really blown away by it. And uh, i I'm sure I'll go on to listen to more Squeeze. I only didn't because I just honestly thought it was, really normal music mm-hmm. like just re- i don't want to say pedestrian because that's kind of has a negative connotation but just just normal music you know and yeah. and that's not usually my thing to be honest but yeah my the first thing that i had as far as groups or whatever that it reminded me of was also they might be giants and i will say that this record this is so strange uh it you know, listeners of the show and you, Dan, and and mm-hmm. people I talked about music with know that John Henry isn't necessarily my favorite of the earlier, they might be giants records. Right. And uh, this record made me like John Henry more because this, this sounds like what they might be giants ultimately got to with John Henry, but this is 1981. I mean, Really, someone could play a track off this and say, oh, this is a outtake from the John Henry sessions. And I'd be like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, like I wouldn't even know. The other interesting thing is I didn't realize Elvis Costello produced this. The second uh, artist I had on my reminds me of list was Elvis Costello. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, totally. Uh, There's one song where his voice sounds very, very much like Gordon Gano from the Femmes. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had Madness in there, mostly because of the piano, and like the zombies and uh, Kinks, Beatles, you know that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I was really, I was really pleasantly surprised by this. And yeah, it's a, it's a good pick. Yeah, it was, um,
0: it was a surprise to me also. I, I also uh, kind of had no, absolutely throughout my entire life, I had no reason to check out Squeeze. Right. You know, like it just. Yeah. They also seem to me just like a, yeah, like you said, like a normal band or something. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, at least with this record that couldn't really be further from the truth.
1: Yeah. Really and good stuff. I nice. could definitely
0: see the John Henry. Uh, yeah. I never thought of that. I never thought of that, but yeah, it definitely does seem like uh John Henry was where they were really bringing to life some of their um, full band influences. Mm-hmm. And I, I would not be one bit surprised if this was a uh, a model record that they mm-hmm. uh, kind of maybe modeled their sound after when they became uh, a full band, you know? For sure,
1: and the other element of that too is They Might Be Giants also sound a lot like Elvis Costello a lot of, the, a lot of times. And him producing this just adds to that sort of They Might Be Giants feel you know it really does it yeah it really does nice you've left my Good stuff. Yeah, I'm like super excited about everything we listen to this week. Like oh yeah, I'm, I'm was... pretty charged up about it, you know? Dude, so,
0: that that evil sword, man.
1: Yeah, mind blower. Something right?
0: else. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh so along those lines, uh for our local pick this episode. Keep it local. We chose TV cop. The record is called another good one came out. Recently, I think, at least, or no, in 2023. So, but I still think sort of recently. Anyway, uh, they're from a uh, tumwa. Um, in the band is Dakota Cairns, Lucas Clark, Chris Mason, and Tyler Price. Uh, I didn't see what their instruments that they played were, but they are on Bloated Cat Records as well, which I think um, came from Deathkill Overdrive. That has something to do with that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so, okay. So TV cop is, uh, how I would describe it, is just amazingly solid, melodic, power, pop, punk. And that I don't know if that's a new genre or not, but I want all three of those words together. Power, pop, punk. <laughs> I loved this. I mean, really. It, it's, I don't know. I'll I'll try to uh, keep it together, but it's great songwriting. Super fun, cynical, pretty. I don't know, just really, really solid stuff. Um, really great performances. All the playing is just so good. It's almost perfect. I mean, it probably is perfect. Um, I love the guitar. The solos are just super tight and melodic. The vocals sound great and they also, like I said with Squeeze, they have like these lockstep tight harmonies and background vocals. I was, yeah, I just was really blown away by this. I This isn't the kind of music I listen to that much and I'm just going to say it's as good as anything that I've heard that sounds like this. And I mean anything. I, not in Iowa, just ever. Um, if you're a fan of power pop, pop punk, like, you're just going to adore this. I can't imagine you wouldn't. And uh, I don't have a ton else to say about it because to me, it was just the perfect package and um, I can't wait to see them. And they have been playing out a lot. And so uh, if you get a chance to go see them too, things that are reminded me of, uh, like I said, I'm not super familiar with a lot of this stuff, but I've heard it. Um, like Teenage Bottle Rocket, uh, the Ataris, maybe MXPX or something. But um, a lot of it uh, I found really to be like kind of Weezer-ish, but way better than Weezer. So (laughs) let let me rephrase that. Way better than anything after the Blue Album, and I know that makes me an old person, but whatever. Um, Just listen to this. I mean, you'll have fun listening to it. It'll make you happier, uh, a happier person. So I can't really say much more than that. What do you think, Dan?
0: Oh, yeah, man. This is just well-executed power pop slash pop punk songs. Very catchy, quirky at times. The lyrics are kind of, I think, the perfect combination of angsty yet funny at times musicianship is so tight like the performance is just I mean flawless Mm -hmm. um yeah the vocal melodies out of this world I love the riffs the bass comes through the mix like flawlessly the drumming is super tight and the other thing that I really like about this and I suppose that this is kind of true of most sort of power pop because I guess This is kind of the point of power pop, but in my, in my eyes anyway, uh, the songs are short, but they're about the perfect length. And there's just not a lot of fucking around It just gets straight to the point. Um, and, uh, just great harmonies, great leads, very melodic. And yeah, I mean, there's almost not much else you can say other than it kind of is a, um, a mixture of like nostalgia for me, and also like something new and exciting. Because while this does remind me, like as you said, Eric, of Weezer and stuff like that, um, I also feel like this is almost like a like another level of that kind of that sort of alternative indie power pop type stuff. Love the love the band name. I love the the name TV Cop. <laughs> Cause it reminds me of action, you know, like eighties action cops, Mm -hmm. you know, I think uh, anybody who has listened to this show since, you know, (laughs) maybe like two episodes ago or something like that knows that I, uh, I have kind of somewhat of an obsession with like eighties action movies. I just love TV cop. It kind of like conjures up images of that for me, but, uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, the stuff it reminded me of was um, yeah, definitely Weezer. That's like number one, Uh, all American rejects, Mm, like the song swing swing and looks like hell and things like that. Like this totally reminds me of that. And that's, you know, I I love the all American rejects when it comes to like, like if you're going to listen to like radio power pop punk to me, all American rejects does it better than anyone else. Nerf Herder, um Green Day, uh Fastbacks a little bit, um, Blink 182 for sure. And then I would also say we've already mentioned Death Kill Overdrive. So mm-hmm. I think they're definitely they fit in with what Death Kill Overdrive does as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm trying to think, what's the word where they're like um like pals of uh, the, the um, bosom buddies? <laughs> no, what's the um. Uh, uh, what What's the uh, word I'm I'm thinking of? Um, peers. peers. Peers with Death Kill Overdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just. It's just fantastic, and there. I mean, there just really is nothing else that I can say. Uh. Yeah, I was blown away too. So um, uh, yeah, all right. Now, what we learned today
1: mm.
0: is how you handle things if you're Chuck Norris in a mm-hmm. TV that, crime drama.
1: That's true. Um yeah. We talked about Miami Vibe, which Miami is gonna vibe. be a, a sick mm-hmm. ass show. I'm gonna be that's,
0: so into it. So it's just gonna be you like playing a synthesizer with like literal like vapor waves in the background. I'm not gonna
1: be in it. No, oh, we need yeah. real people. We need maybe like, oh, yeah. like Don Johnson's uh grandkid or something. <laughs> that, that's who we need. We need oh man, you know what? I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna make this show. I'm gonna start a production company. <laughs> what are you I'm gonna call the production company? Bad. Um shoot, I don't know.
0: Miami Vibe Productions.
1: Yeah, Miami Vibe hmm. Productions. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm gonna call it uh, actually, Public Image Limited did, didn't actually do the uh, intro music for uh, Miami Vice Productions. About How about that. um, <laughs> uh,
0: like, what's the opposite of rotten?
1: Fresh? Uh, fresh. Johnny Fresh. Johnny Fresh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that hey. is actually what it's called. Johnny Fresh Production.
0: Johnny Fresh. Yeah. yeah. Hey, y'all, what up? My name is Johnny Fresh. <laughs> I'm Johnny Fresh.
1: I'm Johnny Fresh.
0: Fresh. Hey. I'm Johnny Fresh. Stop, Johnny Fresh. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I,
1: don't I don't even know what's happening anymore. Okay. So we None learned about that stuff. It was great. And I got to just reiterate go to Evil Swords website. It is so fun. I'm going to have They're to do selling that now. stuff on there, like uh, from their shows, like broken furniture and um, <laughs> masks and. That's uh, great. Like monster hands and stuff. They're really wild. Really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I just I just love them. I just yeah. got to tell you. It's kind of like how great. not long ago like uh the Fashion Pimps and the 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 Glamazons just blew my mind and I loved them and they're like seriously now one of my favorites. I feel the same way about Evil Sword. Just wow. instantly instantly just like I love this as much as anything I've ever loved.
0: Dude, they're really uh <laughs> They're high up there, man. Yeah, up there already.
1: Oh, all yeah. right. That's, wow. So well, that concludes our hour-long commercial for
0: <laughs> hour, hour-long, hour-long festival about Evil Sword.
1: Uh, uh, where are they from? Do you know? uh, I think I said Philadelphia. Gosh, dong it. Yeah. We should see
0: if they would move to Iowa long enough that we could have them on the show.
1: Oh, well, you know, we don't see each other when we make this show.
0: <laughs> no, that's true, so... but we should break the rule maybe for evil sword mm-hmm. and see if they want to talk to us.
1: And see if they just want to come visit.
0: Well, or just like, you know, talk to us on the
1: show. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have like outbuildings, right? Like maybe not barns, but I mean
0: Yeah, we have a yeah, we have a they... track we have a tractor they can sleep on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They could sleep out in the, in the, in the outbuildings. There's a, there's a camper that they oh, not sleep in. That'd probably be perfect. So yeah. Also, evil sword. Yeah, Come visit us sword. in Iowa. We'd love to have you play. And uh, we'd even I mean, get you an evil sword. Yeah. We can't probably can't like pay you or whatever, but I mean, you know, p- people are pretty good about donating to touring bands. Yeah. We could ask people to bring broken furniture. You can yeah, well, sell that on your website. I guess what I'm saying is if you are on tour and you want to come through Iowa, that'd be totally awesome. That but would be we amazing. won't be able to fly you directly to Iowa to play. Yeah, yeah. We we won't be able to
0: get you to your limousine, <laughs> and your hotel rooms. Yeah. All that stuff.
1: Oh my god.
0: <sighs> well, Eric, I yes. think now is the time.
1: The time has come. The time has come uh, to pay the rent. Pay the to r- pay our share. Pay our Let's, uh, share. uh, uh <laughs> Oh my God. Let's just end this show for Christ's sake. <laughs> Let's do it right now. All right. Okay. So, so, uh, uh, yeah, you gotta visit us. You gotta do it. You gotta go on the uh, Instagram and you gotta send us messages and you gotta tell us about cool bands, um, and, and bands you're in and we'll talk about it. And that is just how it has to be. Okay. You gotta be cool. You gotta, gotta be You gotta be together. I love that song. Desiree. Yeah, me too. Desiree. Desiree. Yep. It's not a bad record either, actually. I never heard the record. Mini that review. Like that song.
0: Not a bad Yeah, record. Mini review. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, okay. So you had your mini review of the Desiree record, hmm. and I had my mini review of the Green Day record. Yeah. The Green yep. Day, so. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're getting <laughs> a whole bunch of extra content oh, yeah. throughout the. Yeah, for without not even episode. being
1: on, uh, part of our Patreon. Wow! Yeah. Look at our you. No, our non-existent Patreon. Right. Yeah, because money's for suckers. That's what I say. <laughs> That's what I always say. Yes. Oh okay, God. guys. Let's go.
0: Yep. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week uh, or the next in the next couple of weeks. And <laughs> bye, bye. Again, I love all this stuff. I don't Mm -hmm. care that it was ripped off.